Welcome to Beyond Corporate Services, PwC's Managed Services audio series. I'm your host, David Chabay. Today, we're speaking with PwC's Tyson Cornell, who's been with the firm quite a while and had a number of different roles. Tyson, I don't want to steal your thunder. Would you mind introducing yourself? Sure thing. Hey, David, great to be here. I'm the deputy lead for a cloud digital platform, and I also am the sector champion for our private sector. So look forward to talking to you today. <laughs> That's a pretty fun intersection. One of the things we wanted to talk about today was really around some of the technology components and specifically around some of the backbones that people do. And when I'm talking about these, I'm thinking of some of the core ERP, some of the bigger technology investments that companies are doing. And there's always a question of when do I do it? What are the triggers? How should I be thinking about these? They seem to be changing and evolving really fast. And so maybe you can shed a little bit of light just on your views for what you see in the market and for when people should be thinking about these significant investments. Sure. The market is obviously very complicated. So I think it depends, of course, that sounds like a selfing <laughs> answer, of the different industry and potentially the, the size of the company. You know, you mentioned big ERPs and some of the big names that are out there. Clearly, if you're a large Fortune 500 company, many firms have already gone through, if you will, that transformation of putting in a large ERP for some areas of their business. Now, certain industries actually haven't because the platforms maybe only support areas of finance and their core operations. They don't actually have any of those processes standardized. So they're looking at taking the opportunity to move to the cloud as all those platforms are moving to the cloud. This is kind of the next wave, I think, organizations are looking at. So you see some organizations that have already moved to an ERP and they maybe have customized many of those components of the platform. And then now they're taking a step going to the cloud where they're looking at standardization and taking advantage of the platform processes that tend to be leading practice to the cloud. Now, when you look at some of the what I'll call fast growing companies or some of the mid-market, I think it's a different case. They might not have needed to use any platforms or they maybe have a few smaller platforms that they use and they're looking at the opportunities they can take to get to cloud native, if you will, ERP platforms to give them advantage. So it's different depending on where the companies are sitting currently. So let's talk about that for a second and decompose the cloud and the standardization. Because I think one of the things that everybody who's been in business for a while has gone through some ERP challenges over the time. And frankly, it's sometimes hard to see the benefits, but I feel like sometimes that's because we don't embrace standardization enough and the cloud is helping towards that. But when we think about people as they're thinking about this journey and starting this journey, what are some of the keys that they need to do to actually get the returns from these investments? Absolutely. Well, a few things when you look at going to a platform, you need to really understand what outcomes you're looking for, as you mentioned, to get the benefits. You know, you're not moving to a platform to have the as-is environment you have within your company, but you really need to understand where your company differentiates to provide value. And usually when you move into the back office, it's very hard to differentiate in today's world when you look at areas of finance and sometimes HR. So if you want to differentiate from the leading practices that platforms provide, I think you really need to understand what those differentiating capabilities are. As you start moving toward the front office and how you actually interact with customers, that's where companies tend to really differentiate and provide value and differentiate services. And understanding that will be key where you might want to differentiate from the platform. Because when you're buying the platform, you're not just buying technology. You are buying leading practices and processes, and you might as well take advantage of that. I would say if you go back 10 years or so and you had the on-prem ERPs, a lot of times you would have to come up with your standard process 
and you would actually embed that within the platform because you were buying technology and some architecture, if you will, that you had to use and you were stuck with doing some customization. But obviously the platforms have come a long way and provide a lot of the out of the box processes that you just need to configure the platform. And if you take advantage of what these platforms provide, you're in a much better place around upgrades. And when you're moving to the cloud, that's part of the value proposition. You're getting a platform to get those upgrades, to stay up to date with the latest capabilities. You might as well take advantage of those, especially if it's not providing a differentiated value for you as an organization. And, you know, you touched on something, but I just want to tease it out for a second. When you talked about some of those upgrades, particularly in the cloud environment, the ability to do upgrades for some of the technologies on a more consistent basis, especially if you keep that standardization, has got to be a significant cost reduction and improvement for speed to enhance features for our clients. Is that what we're seeing play out? That's exactly right. And that's why, depending on what platform you go to, they've got strict rules around the customizations you can actually make so you can't get yourself in trouble. In other cases, you absolutely can make a lot of customizations where you've put yourself in a position where you're not getting the benefit of those upgrades because you decided to do something totally on your own. So going into it, understanding what you want to get out of the value of the platform and what you're paying for from a maintenance perspective, I think is very important. But all really comes back to the strategy of how do you want to use technology for business value and differentiating capabilities and understanding where your firm really needs to be different. We snapped our fingers and everybody was on the same ERP platform. You arguably could say everybody has the same capabilities in certain areas and doesn't have advantage. But we know that's not true because every organization does things differently and that's the value they provide in the marketplace. They just need to be very specific about that and understand that value that they're looking for when they undergo these journeys. Yeah, I like that. And one thing I want you to do before we move to people for a second is to think about these technologies that are out there. So Obviously, there's a whole host of software companies, big tech companies, many of whom we partner with and work with every day. But as I watch them, they're expanding their individual capabilities, which is awesome. But I start to see more and more overlap for some of these capabilities. So if I flip it around on you and ask you to think about it from a CEO, a CIO, or any operator lens, you know, CEO, CFO lens, and you see these ever-expanding capabilities, how would you look at, or what are some tips that you can provide to our listeners for how they should be evaluating these software packages? Sure. I think it still comes back to understanding those capabilities that you're looking for, like you mentioned. Yeah. So if you look at it by different business functions, you're looking at understanding what the processes are, the capabilities that you need. And even more importantly today is what's that data model that you're getting mm -hmm. visibility to because your data is what's so important so that you can actually get visibility into what's happening in the organization. And then critical to that is actually taking some sort of action versus just seeing it. And when you mentioned some of the capabilities that are being embedded by the platforms, it's not just the processes and the data, but now how are they giving insights so that you're not looking at data in the past where, okay, you can make decisions based on things that happened in the past. That's not as helpful. How are you now predicting and getting the correlations of things that have been happening so you can actually make decisions that could impact the future. Obviously, embedding AI is very key right now, and all the platform providers are doing that, and you see that in certain areas. Some areas have already had some embedded AI. You then see generative AI, obviously, everybody's talking about. And I think it's not just about embedding, if you will, some of the technology capabilities. It really comes down to how do you want to use those to impact your business? And I think that's what's really critical when you think about it. You can do anything with technology, as you know. 
The question is, really, should you? And do you want to be the individual in the organization that owns maintaining that technology? Or do you want to pay a large provider that does that for you? Yeah, I mean, what I'm hearing too, when I think about the overlay in terms of economic outlook and what some of our clients are going to be experiencing in terms of revenue challenges, income challenges, cash challenges, and these technology components are the drivers for why we're doing it need to be really known, focused on and understood and maybe drive prioritization more importantly over the next couple of years than they have in the past. Are you seeing any of those indications? A hundred percent. I think you're seeing a huge move. Everybody talks about cloud and, you know, what does that mean? And when you see the move to the cloud, you're seeing one organizations, like we talked about understanding where they have standard business processes that can be enabled through, if you will, a business application. So taking advantage of some of the leading business applications for those areas, but then knowing that you need to be differentiated. And the questions that we see are, okay, do I make some changes within this platform or are some of these areas so critical to our organization that we're going to do what I'll call cloud native development. And this is where you'll start using some of the cloud service providers and you're doing some of your own engineering or you're partnering with another firm to develop custom engineer organizations taking advantage of the cloud for those differentiating values. You know, custom is kind of cool again for years, right? We only did things within the major ERP platforms and people tried to stay away. We did talk about standardization early on today. However, with the cloud, what it, enables you to do with some of the cloud native capabilities and the flexibility and the standard architecture, organizations are able to take advantage of that to really lean into those areas where they want to add differentiating capabilities and get value out of them immediately. And that speed to value that the cloud provides is dramatically different than what it was just years ago. It's going to be interesting to watch over the years. Like I feel like back in the 80s when we were in the MRP environment and there were a bunch of disconnected systems and we rolled into the ERP environment, we continue to roll forward. But now the speed of technology, the overall speed of business is such that things are being created outside and around the ERP systems faster than they can really be incorporated into those. And so it's almost like a yin-yang flux that seems to be going on. You think that's going to continue as the core ERPs try to incorporate more and more of this technology that's continuing to evolve in so many different places? Yeah, I do. I do. I think we're seeing organizations obviously look at their core ERP platforms and where they think that those will play. And then you can almost view the organization as an ecosystem of providers and technology. And how are you looking at potentially some best of breed? How are you looking at other smaller providers that provide real niche capability where you would want to partner with someone to provide that? Certain large organizations that have the engineering capability might want to do some of that on their own. Right. But we tend to see a mix of the core ERP, some of these you know, package solution, best of breed capabilities that you're using other vendors provide in addition to potentially some of your own custom engineering, all of that together, providing, if you will, this future cloud capability to really cloud enable and cloud empower your business. And all that together with an understanding of what your data model is, because as you know, the different platforms could be different, but you need to have one visible view into the data and the correlations of that data so you can act on it. And that to me is really the key is a lot of organizations can have the top technology, but they haven't organized around making different decisions and acting on it, using their business in a way to take advantage of the visibility that their platforms provide. That's one of the key differentiators I think that we see. And it's making sure you link all that together for advantage is what's the key ingredient. Yeah, I like that. I mean, I used to strongly be against multi-ERP environments just because they seem to be harder. But I've actually shifted over the years to where 
I'm fine if you have multiple ERPs, as long as they have identical data models, which of course is almost impossible, but the data model is absolutely key. Let's shift to people for a second. You know, I'm a people person. It always comes down to doing this. Let's think about CIOs or CIO organizations or just companies that are trying to keep up with all of this. And the real question is, how do people keep up with this? How do you stay on top? How do you learn to make the best decisions? I mean, outside of calling you or one of the folks on your team, what are ways that we're trying to keep our people upskilled and on top? Well, you're absolutely right. I mean, there hasn't ever been as much change as we're seeing now. When you look at the cloud platforms, there's new capabilities and microservices coming out every month. So being able to stay up on that from a core engineering and capability development standpoint is extremely difficult. And so you really need to be in the tools using it all the time. This isn't something you can do as a hobby. And then there's, of course, all the platforms and making sure you understand those. And key to that is practicing that. Uh, we've got the luxury, obviously, of having practices and staff that spend 24 hours a day helping companies and different companies through all those different scenarios. So we feel really good about the experience we're able to get. If you're in an organization and that's not something you're going to be doing every day, you might have this you know, huge Herculean effort to put in a platform, that's the most experience your team is ever probably going to get. Then there's some ongoing maintenance that they'll have, you know, making sure that you actually are continuing to build that muscles, like working out, David, which I'm sure you do every day. You know, you can't just twice a day. do it once. That's exactly right. Twice a day. You need to continue to make sure that you're toning that muscle to have that skills across those different technologies. But I'll tell you, look, it's never been harder. And I think that's one of the challenges that I don't think an organization can say, hey, you know, we're going to have top technology talent across every single one of these areas. If you're not a software company and that's not what you do and you're not in the business of developing software, it's very difficult to do that. So it's picking the areas that I think you want to be great at and good and then knowing how you can use other organizations, other software providers to provide that muscle. A lot of the platforms now obviously provide certifications. And so we do certifications. Other organizations can do that so that make sure individuals are up, if you will, academically understanding how things work, but that doesn't mean you necessarily understand the practice and what works in the real world. And so I'm a big fan of not only having, if you will, the academic certifications, but knowing what that means in the real world and practicing it and how it actually goes live yeah. in an organization, the results you get. So you need to put both those together and organizations need to make sure they're practicing those skills. I love it. I want to now ask kind of in the future for the people I'll tell you what I see. I see we've got some people that are really deep in individual systems, whether that's an ERP or a CRM or anything. We've got people that are increasingly trying to learn how those interconnections work, particularly when you talk about your data models and then being able to keep those. And then you've got a whole group of emerging tech slash automation, things that overlay and interact. To me, it seems like the technology person of the future. We're going to obviously need to maintain people that have the skills that they have today. but a new type of technology person also is going to need to arise in terms of people that can join all these parts together and see a cohesive future for solving some of those problems you were talking about earlier. Yeah, look, I couldn't agree more. And not to, I guess, debate you, but I don't know if it's necessarily a new skill. I think it's maybe a skill that was even more important back in the days when almost all the software was custom. I grew up being an architect, solution architect, and an enterprise architect. And I think that skill has never been more important. When organizations kind of lean into one large platform, all of a sudden, some of those skills didn't become or didn't seem as important because they kind of lived around the ecosystem of maybe a large platform. But when you're seeing, like you mentioned, needing those key skills to go deep in maybe multiple platforms, 
you always will need this skill of an architect, maybe I'll say enterprise architect with a capital E. Those individuals actually link business architecture, so the key business functions and business capabilities you need across the organization to a solution architecture of what are all the different technologies and where do they overlap and understanding, if you will, that data model for the overall view. And then you work with the different teams and those application, if you will, specialists to bring it all together. But that understanding at the top level of how that will work and how you're actually getting value and where you need to lean into different platforms and capabilities, that's absolutely necessary. And I think that's going to be even more critical skill as organizations look at pulling together all these technologies to run their business. You and I joke about this when we talk sometimes that, you know, it's really impossible, I think, today to get any differentiated business capabilities without using technology. It's just not happening, right? So you really need to link your knowledge of a business where value is with some of the right people that know how to enable that through technology. And it's usually almost always not the same individual. And so how do you get those groups to talk, communicate, and understand how to produce value with those different skills is so important. Yeah, I was actually at a baseball field the other day and talking with the general manager of one of the MLB teams, and they were sharing how they're capturing data differently. And they're actually capturing the time in between the reps as the players are doing certain exercises and measuring those because they're looking for that last tenth of a percent edge and trying to fine tune that. To your point, that's where they're finding the value. And they've got technologies now embedded into their weights and their weight systems to be able to time this down to a a very fine degree. And so that's where they're investing in the technology. I've always appreciated that viewpoint of yours in terms of focus on that value that you're driving for the organization. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. So we've got one last question for you, Tyson. And I always have one question that's kind of unscripted, unprepared, so that, you know, you get the top of the head answer from you. As you look forward, as you think about where this might be in five, 10 years from now, as you see all these technology evolutions and, you know, you've seen so many in the past, what would you say in 10 years from now, where do you think this looks like? Yeah, well, it's exciting. I think, like I mentioned, things are changing so fast. It's really going to be interesting to see how we really, if you will, commercialize some of the lean technologies that are available. All the buzz right now is generative AI. And I think what's interesting is people are seeing what's possible, but there's a difference between what's possible and then how does an enterprise actually roll that out at scale? Will you actually need engineers? I think absolutely yes, but how things get created will be different. How you're getting information out of systems, how it's predicting and how you actually run the organization, things will absolutely be changing. And I think all of the things we've talked about so far today are all going to have a role, but they'll be having a different role in how things work. But it takes time. As you know, companies have invested some hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars to put in, if you will, the ecosystem, the backbone, and all this unique business knowledge and embedded in technology. That's not going to all be undone in just a couple of years. It takes time. But we absolutely know that there'll be new technologies that will take over certain pieces of that. And I'm pretty sure that using the new technology will speed up the time to value in the future when they replace those with new technology. Yeah, I agree. I saw a quote the other day, and I wish I remembered who said it so I could give appropriate credit, but the the person was asked, do you think AI is going to replace humans? And the response was, no, humans are not going to be replaced by AI. Humans are going to be replaced by humans using AI. That's right. I totally agree. That's exactly right. Yeah, I can pretty clearly see how all those are going to change. What's going to be also interesting to me as we look forward to the future we're already starting to see shifts in workforces for what the traditional silos, I'll say pre 
computers were where finance and accounting and tax and supply chain are all different areas. And I'm starting to see more evolutions to where those teams are starting to meld in more and more because the data flows are consistent across the ERPs and across our technologies. And so as we start to now put AI into the mix, how will all those positions continue to evolve? I think it'll be fascinating to watch. I totally agree. Well, Tyson, first of all, thank you. I'd say the biggest takeaways I've got from you is make sure that technology is focused on business value, that there's big changes that are continuing to go and evolve. The individual people that need to be involved, their skills and requirements are continuing to change perhaps even more rapidly as we continue to go forward. But do you have any kind of final thoughts you'd like to leave the listeners? Probably what I touched on before is that it's such an exciting time right now. I don't think we've ever had a time in our lives where technology is moving so fast and we're seeing what's really capable and what can be brought to organizations to provide value that I think everyone should be looking at what's happening. Things are moving so fast. So, you know, don't look away. Don't keep your eye off of some of the new releases that are coming out. And consistently, I think, think about how can you take advantage of those technologies, apply them for business value, just like you said. Awesome. Well, Tyson, thanks so much for joining and I appreciate your time and look forward to hanging out in the future. Thanks, David. Thanks for having me. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to Beyond Corporate Services, PwC's Managed Services audio series. I'm David Chabay. Copyright 2024, PwC, all rights reserved. PwC refers to the PwC network and or one or more of its member firms, each of which is a separate legal entity. Please see www.pwc.com structure for further details. This podcast is for general information purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for consultation with professional advisors.